This is a Hot Pie Media Original. Hi, everybody. This is Dr. Eric Corum, founder of AIM7. Welcome back to The Blueprint, where we distill cutting-edge science, leadership, and life skills into simple tactics optimized for your busy lifestyle and goals. If you enjoy listening to The Blueprint, would you please take a few moments to hit the subscribe button on whichever listening platform you are listening on, and then please leave us a review and a comment on the Apple Podcast app. This will help us reach more people as Apple promotes podcasts with more reviews and comments. This is the second episode of a three-part series on the science of productivity, and today I'll be examining how your environment impacts your focus and productivity. Let's dig in. In the last episode, we discussed how we are now in a knowledge worker economy and how our ability to produce quality work is predicated on our ability to think, problem solve, and be productive. We also talked about how you can take advantage of your natural rise and fall in attention and focus, driven by ultradian rhythms, and how you can schedule your workday using this information to be more productive. Now, I want to shift our focus to your physical environment. There's a considerable amount of research that demonstrates that the characteristics of the physical office environment can have a significant impact on behavior, perception of work, and productivity of employees. Research by Dole and Schroeder found that if employees were satisfied with their physical environment, they were more likely to produce better work outcomes. So it's important that we evaluate our environment and arrange our workspace in such a way that we can be as productive as possible. I'm going to be focusing primarily on closed office environments and working from home as this is where a large percentage of people find themselves in 2022. But I think it's interesting to point out some literature I read regarding open office plans. The following is a short excerpt from a paper by Kamal Roslin and colleagues called An Overview of the Influence of Physical Office Environments Towards Employees. And it goes like this. Several studies have found evidence that open office plans are related to decreased job satisfaction, reduced motivation, and lower perceived privacy. Other studies examining subjective reports of employees in open office plans have identified irrelevant speech as a factor linked to negative perceptions of the workplace, lower productivity, and stress. Workers in open plan offices have reported that conditions are stressful and further examinations of these environments have found some support for a relationship between open plan designs and fatigue, irritation, generalized distress, and health complaints such as headaches and respiratory infections. I found this to be fascinating as a lot of tech companies have adopted these type of work environments. But let's start with something a lot of us struggle with, our desk. In a fascinating article by Libby Sander, an assistant professor of organizational behavior at Bond University Business School states, cluttered spaces can have negative effects on stress and anxiety levels, as well as our ability to focus, our eating choices, and even our sleep. Researchers at Princeton University's Neuroscience Institute use functional MRI to show that our brains like order, and constant visual reminders of disorganization drain our cognitive resources and reduce our ability to focus. According to Sanders, researchers also found that when participants cleared the clutter from their work area, they were better able to focus and process information and their productivity increased. She also states that cluttered environments lead to procrastination and increased levels of cortisol, which is a stress hormone. Ironically, a paper by Roster and Ferrari found that stress and emotional exhaustion causes workers to delay making decisions and to keep materials for all their tasks within easy reach, which basically leads to a messy workplace. So it's cyclical. So like if you're stressed, you're going to want to like unconsciously keep everything close to you because you want to have ownership and domain over it. Next, I want to discuss whether or not you should have an office to yourself or a space for focused work. There's a strong argument 
that knowledge workers should have a place for solo work. In a paper titled, The Impact of Workplaces and Self-Management Practices on the Productivity of Knowledge Workers, the authors point out that space for concentration is an important factor to increase the quantity of the output on an individual level. Noise is a significant reason why people want a quiet place to work. There's a considerable amount of research that demonstrates that sound and other environmental office factors can negatively impact office productivity. It suggests that sound is a principal factor affecting office productivity in modern air-conditioned offices. The three most annoying sources, they said, were conversations, ringing phones, and machines. A study by psychologist Nick Perman found that background office noise significantly reduced participants' ability to recall information and carry out math exercises, as well as affecting productivity. Excessive noise can cause workers to make more mistakes, meaning more time is wasted on correcting preventable errors. So in my assumption, having a quiet place to work is really critical. I'll discuss a tool I've been experimenting with that helps me create the right ambient noise for productive work in the next episode, but for almost my entire life, I've had to have a quiet place. And it makes sense. Like if we're focused on something, if we're trying to harness our attention, if there's background noise, it just can be a distraction. What about temperature? An interesting meta-analysis out of Finland reports that performance increases up to temperatures between 21 and 22 degrees Celsius and decreases with temperatures around 23 to 24 degrees. So for all my Fahrenheit friends, that's your performance increases up to about 69 to 72 degrees. That's like a really comfortable range for people to be in. And you start seeing a reduced output around 73 to 75 degrees, which makes total sense because who wants to work in a hot, sweaty environment? It's also not fun to be working in a freezing cold environment. Personally, I like my office on the cool side as I feel that I'm more alert in a cooler environment. Now, the next thing I started looking into was the color of the room and lighting in a room. I spent a good amount of time reviewing the literature on this, and the reality is it just depends. It depends on individual preference. Some people like white spaces, other people like spaces with color like reds and blues. Some people like a ton of light, some people like less light. The deciding factor is it really comes down to the work that you are doing and your personal preference because there's some types of work where you need low lighting, some people like bright lighting depending on what they're working on. The last thing I want to discuss is your smartphone. This is what I'm finding to be the biggest distraction for a lot of people. I found a study called Brain Drain. The mere presence of one's smartphone reduces available cognitive capacity. The authors of the paper found that when performing cognitively challenging tasks, just having a cell phone in view resulted in statistically significant reductions in cognitive performance, similar to that of being sleep deprived. To avoid this reduction in cognitive performance, let's say you're engaged in a 90 minute work sprint. Get your phone out of the room. It is so easy to be tempted to go check social media or to look up your email or to check out your next Amazon shipment. Like literally put it in another room, turn it off, give it to your partner, whatever you gotta do, just get it out of your view because this will hijack your focus and it will cause you to be less productive. So I'm gonna close out this episode with this. After reviewing the literature, and evaluating things like clutter, space allocation, temperature, color, your ability to be productive goes back to one primary thing. I found this statement in a paper about knowledge workers and it really sums it all up. Self-management has the highest positive relationship with individual productivity. This means that improving self-management skills may lead to an increase in individual productivity both quantitatively and qualitatively. Self-management also has the second highest positive connection with team productivity. Look, the reality is 
you have control over your behavior. You have to control you, your scheduling and anything that's within your power, like getting your cell phone out of your visual view and putting it somewhere else. If you can manage yourself in small environmental factors, like maybe having suboptimal light or the color of the room isn't perfect, those things can be mitigated against and you can take control of your productivity. In this next episode, we'll discuss behaviors and tools that you can use to significantly improve your alertness and create the conditions for productivity. If you found today's podcast valuable, please share it with a friend or a loved one that wants to improve their productivity as this is a small way that you can impact the life of someone else. Thanks again for listening and I'll catch you on the next episode. Thanks for listening. You can find more episodes and all of our other Hot Pie Media originals baked fresh daily at our home online at hotpiemedia.com, the Hot Pie Media YouTube channel, or wherever you listen to podcasts.